0: Hello and welcome to episode 183 of the Filmmaker's Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking from indie film to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them and how to try not to eff it up in our very, very humble opinion. The Dare is released in two weeks time in the UK. Two weeks, October the 5th, the day will be out in the UK. I am super, super excited. Uh, <laughs> I am Giles Alderson, I'm a writer, director and a producer. And today, we are talking with the fantastic, multi-hyphenate, Felina Hopkins. We're talking about how to write, direct, star and fund your own feature film based on your own novels. <laughs> it is amazing she's very funny she's very bright and she gives so much advice to you filmmakers felina is a treat so we talk about what it's like to act and direct at the same time uh, we talk about how she funded the movie um, and how she learned to edit and also how she got the movie out there into the marketplace. You're going to enjoy this one. Myself and Robbie McCain sat down and had a lovely chat with her. So, I'm not going to do a rambling intro today. I'm going to get straight to it because it's so much fun. And the day's out in two weeks, and to be honest, there's not much more you need to know this week than that. So, this is myself and Robbie McCain chatting with Valina Hopkins about her movie, Just One More Kiss, which is what happens when the love of your life returns as a ghost. Enjoy this week's Filmmakers
1: Podcast.
2: Hi, Felina. Hi, Robbie. Nice to meet you. So nice to meet you. How are you doing? Um, I'm really good. I'm really, really good. How are you guys doing? (laughs) Good. (laughs) I've been listening for a while, but I have to say there was one story that really got me. There was a guy, John... Is it Langston?
0: Landridge. 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 Yes.
2: That's it. He had, uh, when he had that actor not show up and then he turned out to get the guy who he really wanted the whole time. I'll never forget that story because we had that happen so many times in the filming where we're like, if something fell apart, it's because something better was supposed to be there. And it was interesting you know what i
0: mean yeah no i'm glad you listen thank you so much for even listening and i hope it's been useful well it's
2: great that you guys are doing this yeah it's super helpful i mean you know it's like having people from all over the world giving you their advice so i know it can be done and that's you know it's very helpful you guys so thank you
0: oh my pleasure yeah i'm so glad it is we love it when people give comments because yeah we do it because we love it but also we want to help (laughs) indie filmmakers and it's just so good when you people say no 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 we we've learned from it and, and that's always really it. good too yeah
2: because yeah. we all if if you guys did you guys always want to be filmmakers when you were kids
0: i did well i wanted to be an actor and i i did
1: that for about 10 15 years so yeah, i wanted to do that Me too, yeah yeah and i know, so you, you figure do. out you can't be an astronaut that's kind of the next logical step isn't it
0: <laughs> yeah totally
2: <laughs> <laughs> everybody wants to be an astronaut <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. see I'd much
0: rather yeah. be an astronaut now I'm finding it fascinating now learning about space and stuff and as a kid I wasn't that bothered, isn't that interesting Yeah. whereas now yeah. I'm like no I kind of fancy
2: that <laughs> I late. actually don't really, I, I want to find treasures, I love like hidden rooms and stuff and mm. if I ever, I've always wanted to have the kind of house where you push a button and nobody notices and all of a sudden you're in another room <laughs> Oh, I love yeah. that. Like, I <laughs> love that. Well, I mean, where, where, career, yeah, where, where did she go? Yeah, where did she go?
0: Yes. In, in The Kingsman, when he goes into the <laughs> Savile Row shop, and he's like, this is, and then they press a button and there's loads of guns and different world in there. That's
2: amazing. Oh, I love that. The yes. And they're like, oh, it just looks like a normal, or like, it would be funny in a donut shop, wouldn't it? That just, you just made it like, now donuts. You're like, oh, would you like an eclair or boom, an AK-47. Hidden I mean, behind,
1: there's a, there's a hidden speakeasy where they sell <laughs> black market merchandise. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. You could just see
0: that yeah. you could get whatever food you want there as well. It's not just donuts. You know what I mean? It's- oh, no,
2: no. It just, it, it looks like it's donuts. Yeah.
0: But they're not really. They're all made not out of really gold. I really don't. I mean,
2: the. But they're good donuts, so they attract people. And it looks like it's legit, mm. but on the back end,
0: mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We yeah. just need to open that door. Yeah. We need to find that donut shop, and we need to buy it <laughs> right now.
2: And, uh, <laughs> set it all up. Yeah, which could make be a great <laughs> idea for a
0: film. Actually, I think that could be really interesting.
2: That's what I'm saying. I'm saying it'll be in the movie where we're like, I don't want donuts. I'm on diet. Can being ah. That's my sound effect for how it all went down. You could see it. I know you could see it.
0: I could see it. I could see it and it was strong. It was you're, gonna,
2: you're lying. Okay.
0: I mean it's wonderful you you mentioned there about, you know, we sort of went off on a tangent, but actually your background is in stand-up comedy and you were an actress from a young age. So, but yeah. did that kind of stuff come naturally to you like, you know, you both saying you want to be an astronaut, I want to be a footballer. Did did sort of doing stand-up come kind of natural? Was it always something you were kind of good at being funny, or just at least coming up with ideas and playing?
2: Yeah, well, I I wasn't a very attractive child for a while, so oh, wow. I was <laughs> <laughs> for a while. No, I, I mean, like that. but uh, for, for, as a girl. The way to then, because a lot of people um value beauty and stuff, and unfortunately, I wasn't I was a little funny looking uh, through my my formative years. And so I just learned to be funny. Um, a lot of women in the stand-up comedy world, we were all like, it took us a little while to to like find our place <laughs> in society. So we learned to make people laugh because humor usually comes out of some kind of odd. Thing or whatever mm. um, but I was I was always born and thinking a little differently and I mean my I remember one of, the, one of my mom's friends bought me a t-shirt that says I'm just visiting this planet and they laughed so hard I knew it was accurate <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> they're like, she's a little weird that one um, right. but I've got yeah. a one hell I've got one hell of imagination you know I've been writing since I was six so I right. like used okay. to write write stories and find them in yarn and illustrate them and sell them to my parents for a dollar. Um, and they were all like these crazy Did stories. Did you? you yeah. love that. So it's like, uh, I, w- I was always going to be a writer. The comedy came, the um, stand-up comedy, I never thought I would do. It seemed like such a hard thing to do. I was always, I always had the personality mm. over the looks. So when I, but then when I grew into, my mom was the same way. She, she used to tell me, Felina, you're going to grow into your looks. <laughs> Which was such a weird thing, but she had to sit me down because I had all these crushes on guys, and I tried to learn how to skateboard to try and get their attention, and I was trying to do all this stuff, and they're just like, wanted my friends. Well, 16 is when I hit puberty, and 17 is when I graduated. So it was at the very, very end of high school that I, and then by that time, everybody already knew who Felina was in their mind, and I was not at all somebody that they'd be wanting to, because I was just like a big goofball. (laughs) Um, anyway, the years pass. I went into acting, and I went and saw a friend's um, a friend do stand up. We were going to go see Jerry, support Jerry at the Improv on Melrose in uh, in West Hollywood. Great. And what? we were we were all in a very serious acting class, Meisner, um, which mm, I serious, that y- y- yeah. yes, and I absolutely loved it. That's where I learned everything I know about acting, pretty much. But we all went to support Jerry, and it turned out it was the end of a class. And there were right. flyers all over on the table, and as I was watching all these people do this stuff, I thought, "I wonder if I could do that and so I picked up a flyer and I, I took the class, and then I did it for five years, and really loved it. but if I hadn't gone to go see support Jerry, it never would have occurred to me that you could find a way into that world. Um, I loved it, but i uh, it ran its course, and I learned what I could and then um, it's a hard it's a hard life yeah. i, I I still have all my comedian friends and they're fucking awesome, but they're, they're, it's hard, man.
1: Very hard. Do you think it's, uh, is it harder to break in as a a female comedian in particular? Is that kind of, was that a challenge for you?
2: Yeah, yeah. um, Because they all think we're not funny.
1: That's the tired cliche. I, I think you're very funny already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: it is, no, but, it is, but that's what they think too. And so, and they have a, it's a, it's really a, well, especially then, this was 2000 mm-hmm. to 2000 or 99 to 2004 uh, or five. And it was a, uh, it was a boys club
0: yeah you carried on the sort of acting world and you you were doing that was was there always even back then was a hankering to get behind the camera because you started photography but was that was that a different side of what you wanted to do was it kind of much more of uh were you still while you were acting were you looking to do directing work or was it not even in your mind
2: uh it really wasn't i i was i was briefly married in my early 20s and he i used to encourage becoming a no, no. <laughs> it's, it's it was a it was a fun it was a fun ride. But, but I used to encourage him to be a director. Wow! Never did I think I could do it because he listened to things like the music in a film and the shots, and he saw the natural stuff that I wasn't at that time ready for and didn't realize and um, didn't pay more attention until I became a photographer. Um, after that, it all kind of gradually led to where I am now and it wasn't a lot of planning to do that but one girlfriend did give me a book actors turn directors Mm -hmm. when uh in like 1990 um and that was and she inscribed it and she said for when the day comes Megan Wow! and I was like what does that mean and she saw it before I did yeah, it was really... And I kept the book. I have it through, like, many, many moves and stuff because it stuck with me. I was like, what What made her say that? I thought, you know, it seems like such a lofty thing. Directors are like directors. And how could I possibly do that? It just didn't seem like something I could even aspire to do um, at the time. And this is before independent filmmaking was happening. So wild. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, of course, there was John Cassavetes and all those people. But you yeah. know how it is. Now we have technology at our fingertips. Now... We can, we have so much freedom that we didn't used to have. We used to have to wait for everybody to give us permission and now we don't. And so Mm -hmm. I didn't know how somebody like me could get into a world like that where I'd been trying to get permission to act for so long and it was just beating me down. You know, maybe you're going to get hired. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're going to get the agent. Maybe you're not. And it's just, it's hard. It's hard. So I didn't think, wow, I'm going to be a director. Um, So did I ever plan it? No, no. (laughs) no I really didn't not until I had this script
0: there you go so I suppose it came out of necessity and it came out of you know you saying I want to do something more with my career and I would say this to all actors and any actors that are listening and also directors is make your own stuff write your own stuff because if you do you own it and you can have control on it whether it's shot on your iPhone or it's a, a 50 million pound budget um it's yours in some way if it's a 50 million pound budget it's probably not yours but anyway you know what I mean Yeah, yeah. you get the, uh, the, the metaphor <laughs> with that <laughs> absolutely so during that time, you were also writing. You started to write novels, and you started to say, "I'm gonna create my own stuff." While you're acting and making things, and you became very, very successful with your novels, which is incredible and wonderful as well. Like I say, you were always writing since you were six. Did you just, when self publishing came around, did you just find that was kind of something you could do and go, "Well, hey, I might as well put these out."
2: Kind of or was it?
0: Was it clearly not that easy? Well, but...
2: no, no. It's it's a, it's a lot of work. But the um, it's a lot of work. But the uh, I was watching girls, you know, that show Lena Dunham did on HBO mm-hmm. and she's another writer director of, of her own course. thing. Cause she did tiny furniture and, and got, um, found from that essentially. And I was watching the episode where Hannah, her character is writing an ebook and she's hired to write an ebook and this is 2013. And I go, what the hell is an ebook? After the end of the episode, I thought, what is an ebook? And I started researching it and realized self publishing was a thing and had been since like 2011 or maybe even 2010. And I'd never heard of it. And I just started researching everything I possibly could because, again, I didn't want, I, I always thought I'd write, but I knew it was something that you didn't have an age limit on which in Hollywood for actors and actresses, mm. especially, especially actresses. I mean, there's a reason why we want our age uh, thing yeah. to be hidden on AMDB, right? Cause everybody sees you as just that then.
1: Indeed. Um,
2: I started researching about self publishing and then I, I, I was doing photography at the time and I put all my clients on hold and I went to my dad's house and stayed up here for seven weeks and just wrote, and he is friends with uh, uh, an English teacher. She's an award-winning English teacher. She got the Milken Award. Um, she's eighth grade English. Yeah, it's a really, really prestigious award. Um, and she edited my book, pages at a time. So I would write the book, come down and give him the pages, and hear their supportive words. And um, I published the book, and it was called Fire Nectar, on uh, May 11th. And the book bombed, totally bombed. And so did the second one. And then the next one didn't. And then the next one didn't. And then I started building it up from there. But I realized uh, that I wanted to just do that. And I stopped doing photography at the end of 2015 for good. I was doing just odd clients throughout the whole thing. Like, just like the people I loved and already knew. And then I finally said, no yeah. more. I need to commit myself to this. And in that, yeah, yeah. And um switched over to writing books. And then when I wrote this script, I, uh, I decided I was going to fund it myself. And so I did that with the sales of the books and worked my ass off or tail off. Maybe I'm not supposed to swear. Yeah, you can. Uh, I, okay. worked my ass off. Um, <laughs> I worked my ass off for years, um, to save the money. Cause like I hear on your podcast, so many people doing the funding and stuff and frankly I was afraid to be gambling with somebody else's money and have people disappointed in me. Mm, that's really But if interesting. it was yeah. Well I thought if it if it bombed, if it sucked and I messed up and if it was on my dime, then nobody lost anything except for some time and hope and which we've done so many times on other projects anyway. So you're just kind of going in for the project, that's totally okay. But money is where people get weird. Mm. And I didn't want people like giving their opinion about who I could cast. Or getting really mad when things didn't go right and or whatever. So I ended up just funding it myself just to have the freedom to know that if I failed, it was on my dime and I didn't have to feel guilty about it.
0: That's really, I think that's really brave and I think that's really commendable because a lot of people will go, oh, I'll just find an investor and hey, you might get your money back. And you, you thought about it and you said, actually... I'm going to do this myself because it puts you in control.
1: I mean, you're literally putting your money where your mouth is. Like you're saying like, no, I I believe in this and I'm actually going to put forward the the cash myself rather than sort of um, assuming that someone else is going to pay for for your vision, which so many of us do.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I like that way of looking at it. Yeah, I was more just, I just was more scared. (laughs) I didn't feel considerate. I felt more scared. And also I didn't want... I've been on projects before, and you've been on them too. Where, or I've I've been out of roles. I was supposed to be. I'm not going to name the movie, but I was. It was a really good film. Um, I wasn't in it, so that's why I don't want to name it. Um, I didn't get the part because it went to the producer's um, girlfriend, and she it was her first time acting in anything, and it was a really good movie. And the movie like it. She did not do a good job, and the movie didn't do well. And it's like, I sat there going, why, why, why don't they think about the story first? Like, it's about the story. If the person is right for the role, not because you um, owe them a favor or going to bed with them or whatever. <laughs> it's about because the movie is going to be there forever. Mm-hmm. So we have kind of a responsibility, I think, to create what it's supposed to be. And I wanted to not have anybody tell me who to cast in these roles. And I, I know, cause everybody's like, you have to have names, you have to have names. And I'm like, fuck that. I'll get names if I get them, but I'm going to get mm-hmm. who I think is the best for this. Yeah. Um, and and I just, who I want to be around, you know, and spend that time with, because you're in the trenches. I think that
1: shows a lot of integrity. Um, I mean, yeah, that, the example you mentioned there, it's sort of classic Hollywood narcissism. And uh, <laughs> that's, the, that's exactly the kind of thing that um, I think we all hope that the film industry, uh, we see less of you know, as uh, as we sort of move on. Absolutely.
0: Uh, and the names you could have just, you know, that you potentially could have got in there aren't going to be that big to sell the movie around the world anyway they're going to be well they're from a soap or from a bit of TV or you know it's not going to be massive mm-hmm. because uh, you know it's a low budget movie so they're not it's not going to be a Jude Laws right. or you know anything like that so therefore it actually when people say that it's only because they prefer it so they can say oh I'm involved in a film that has so and so from you know whatever show uh, Lost in the Damned or I don't know something something out there so it actually what by having people who've just done some great work and the people you want to have in there, you'll feel best for the role. It's even better to sell it. You sell it on the story. You sell it on, yeah, no, no, this is just an independent film. Here's the story. This is what it's about. And therefore people can forget about watching so-and-so from, you know, The bald, and the, the bald and the Beautiful or whatever <laughs> it is, Holy Oaks or whatever, whatever, you know. Um, and I think that's great. And I think you'd stuck to your guns. Um, and what did you Did you write the book knowing you were going to turn it into a film or did you just you were like I'm just going to write another book in my series or a new one in that world uh and then after it did well turn it into a film
2: that's that's a great question um first can you hear the sprinklers that just turned on around me
0: no it's okay does it sound uh,
2: no, like static we can't, we can't hear the sprinklers. really
1: or at least I can't
2: no. oh good good because I've got. I've, this is a directional mic, so we're we're safe. But they literally just sprouted on next to me, and I'm—I mean, right right next to me. Um, I didn't write the book uh, until after I wrote the movie.
1: So the book is a, a novelization, almost of the of the film.
2: Yes, I wrote the movie because there was a screenplay contest. New York Women in Film and Television uh, was having a screenplay contest for women to um, that was sponsored by Meryl Streep, and. I entered it, as yep. did every one of my friends, even people who weren't writers or whatever. We all submitted, and I did not get in. And But I loved this. I loved the script so much, I decided to make it. Amazing. And um, I, I just loved it. You know, you have to, right, when mm-hmm. you're getting involved in a project, because you're not going to be with just the few months or month that you're filming or the pre-production, oh, oh, but the no. years after. Years and years. <laughs> years and Seriously. years you have to love it yeah you really do even through um, the tough times and the hard
0: times you have to love it with all your heart because you will hate it so therefore the love has to overcome the hate <laughs> it just does it's it's a lot of work that's and a exactly lot of right yep overcome the hate with love the,
2: there are moments when you absolutely hate it it's so true mm. um yeah yeah so but i wrote this i wrote the book after, because I wanted to launch them at the same time so that they would support ah, each other. Smart. And also I'm already a novelist. And so I wanted it to be where, you know, one, Hey, go see this one. Oh, go read this one. And, um, mm. yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting. So was
1: it, was uh, that the first uh, screenplay you'd, you'd written at that point? So had you written other stuff before that?
2: Yeah. The first feature, <laughs> the first feature I'd written, t- uh, a short and a web series, um, and it was just like six episodes for the web series. And how did
1: you go about, um, I guess, mentally preparing yourself for that? Because, uh, at the moment I, I, I've sort of mostly directed stuff. I haven't actually written and I'm currently going through the process of almost learning to try and write for myself or like writing screenplays and things. And did you, did you do any sort of, um, training or did you, how did you educate yourself or prepare yourself to feel, uh, to start writing the script?
2: Well, first, I want to encourage you to write. Thank yes, you. I agree, <laughs> Robbie. You should definitely, you thank should you. definitely write. I've been
1: telling
0: this for um, ages. If, <laughs> thank you.
2: <laughs> oh, good. Yes, Giles is correct. Yes. You should write. Uh-huh. Um, if you have the, if you have the desire to, it's because you're supposed to. That's what I believe. Yeah. So, getting over the hurdles that we all have um, is just called the resistance. You ever read the uh, the War of Art by Stephen Pressfield? Yes, indeed. Yeah. Brilliant. It's an amazing book yes. and it's about how we all have to battle our resistance in order to finish it. And that goes into the answer to your question, um, how did I do it? I also, and I always tell this to everybody I can, I love Stephen King's book On Writing, his memoir slash book On Writing.
0: Oh, I haven't uh, heard um, that one. What Do you know what it's called or is it just Stephen King On Writing? It's
2: literally called On Writing. Right. That's why it's so hard to like, yeah, I know it sounds, It's that's what it's called. And it's got a picture of him and his office, black and white with his feet kicked up on it. And it's really a great read. It's Mm -hmm. uh, super pleasurable if you're interested in writing. And he does... I do the same thing he does. I don't outline. I write uh, just by having a situation and characters and letting them take me where they go. How I knew how to do screenplays maybe is from reading so many of them as an actress Mm
0: -hmm. and
2: then knowing that. And I had a couple powerful ones like i have aaron sorkin's um newsroom pilot script and you know just some uh, i read uh, i had the books um, like of, um kevin Smith for the clerks and <laughs> the yeah one. it's really big actually it's a big one <laughs> yeah it is and reading some good scripts um and seeing those but then i just because i'm already uh i know stories from writing my book books right Your book so books, i write yes. <laughs> my book books not a screenplay book but you'd basically you're telling the story but in a in a screenplay you're doing it with a lot more images whereas in the novel you are saying all the stuff so the images can be in the reader's mind and they are meeting you halfway but in a screenplay you have to just see it and from seeing so many movies as we all have mm. you're writing the screenplay seeing it so you and also dialogue this is the trick for both novels and And uh, screenplays, you have to say it out loud.
0: Yeah. Yes.
2: If you just write it, it comes out like Mm. grammatically correct. And it's stuff like that that you've been taught in school. People don't talk like that. And you get to like, you embody the characters a little bit. And it might feel a little funny, but you, you have to be that person. You have to think, do I know somebody like that? How does that person talk? And you get into that person's head with each thing. And so that you're sounding like them. You're making them come to life, um, and you're acting out the scene. And then, like after we finished, uh, after I finished Just One More Kiss, I put together a thing um, where we did a, a table read yes. with um, right. uh, yeah. people, and this was just in Los Angeles. Yeah, and the people, this uh, was a few years before we actually ended up doing the movie, so these people aren't in the film, they were friends, mm-hmm. and um, actors who were interested in just doing, you know, you would love to sit around and read a script out loud.
0: Yeah. Totally. So,
2: and then give notes, um, and so we we, you get to hear it out loud then as well. Um, I think it's vital. and that's always that's nice too. Yeah, I think yeah, it's, it's so great. important. Yeah, you like it? Do
0: that. Yeah, I love doing that. I mean, I, I'm writing with a couple of people at the moment, but uh, one I'm really working a lot on at the moment is uh, a romantic comedy. Amir and and Noel, who are writing it together, we just read it out every single bit we write. We then will play out the character. Like you play this character, you play this character, and obviously, we over the time we found set characters that we find and therefore we write for those more because we understand that character more because we're reading it constantly out loud in character. It helps that we're actors uh, or were, um, because then you can give it some emotion. But I totally agree. If if you're not an actor, read it out loud anyway and record it and hear it back and see how wooden it sounds. But also, there's plenty of actors out there who will happily read it for you, um, even on Zoom. So there's no excuses now to Mm -hmm. not hear it back. And don't worry about it not being ready or good enough because they'll just give you feedback on their characters the actors um and that's what's important the characters
2: i love that giles that and that sounds like so much fun what you were saying where you guys act it out and to hear it together that sounds really fun and i remember you said in one of the podcasts um when this epidemic the pandemic um first started out you're like this is a perfect time with zoom because people are going to be aching to help and be creative Mm. so this is a great time to reach out to actors um, or anybody and read things aloud, won't it?
0: Yes. Right? Yeah, totally and so, we did it as well. Yeah. We did we did a zoom cast read of it. Whether any of these people will be in the movie is irrelevant. We did it out loud and and they came up with so many amazing things about the characters that you didn't think of. It was like why has this character disappeared? Or why do they say that when later on they're the completely opposite and you know, you hear it out loud and oh it changes everything. It's it's definitely, yeah. definitely really important. But like I say, there's people around now, so you can ask. Um, it has opened uh-huh. up a lot, so it's great, but you being on your own, cause I like to write with other people. I prefer it, but when you're writing on your own, do you read out, you just read out each character sort of individually? Is that what you're doing?
2: Yeah, I have, um, I, I say them, well, I can hear them in my head. It's a little nutty, um, <laughs> I <speak to laughs> but I can hear, yeah, th- they do. I always say, I tell my readers, um, I, sorry, you know, that's, that's what they wanted to have happen. And I, one of the things about not planning is I never know what's going to happen next. So I tend to do my best on the first draft and then I go, uh, my easiest is the first draft and then going back and, and, um, fixing it all is more, it's almost harder for me because I already know the story and then it's just about editing. And that's kind of the slog work for me. I'm like, ah, and I'll go back and and I think it's easier when you're saying it out loud, and that's when I'll really say it out loud and stuff because then you have to make it more fun mm. to get past the slog work. Yes, because otherwise I want to just stop. So that's my resistance, right? When we're talking about the resistance stops us all, and what is your form? Mine is right before the finish line. Mm. I want to stop. Gosh. Um, yes. So. Yeah. I'm like, eh, oh, I'm not yeah. going to do this anymore. This is like I'm gonna go do this. Yeah. going to <laughs> go do something else. Yeah. There's something else I could do. What am I doing this for? I'm hungry. Where's the popcorn? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, where are the donuts? <laughs> yeah, where are the donuts? Where are the donuts with the? AK 47s hiding behind
0: them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh god! <laughs> I love that. That was your journey into sort of uh, scripting and how that works for you, and I think that's fantastic. And I think it's inspiring as well. As is, uh, we, when we get to that point where our bodies do say stop, our minds say stop, that's the moment to fight through it and go. Actually, no, I do need to keep going. I do need to read that read that draft again. I do need to rework it because it's really hard. And yeah, but nothing is easy. You think Aaron Sorkin finds it easy? You think it's not. It's really, really hard. Um, And acknowledge that and go, well, if it's going to be hard, I've got to work harder to get through that. Because to be good, you have to practice. And the more crap scripts you write, the better writer you'll be. That's just the way it is.
1: I think there's a famous story of uh, when Aaron Sorkin and David Fincher were working on the social network and because David Fincher wanted the script to be lightning fast, like really, really fast. And they had to prove to the studio um, that the script would actually fit within the runtime by, I think, David Fincher made Aaron Sorkin read out aloud the whole script, like within using his iPhone, just <laughs> recording him uh, within the runtime of the film, <laughs> like really, really fast. And then, oh sends my it god, to the studio just to see, yep, yeah, that's how we're gonna do it.
0: That's incredible. (laughs) I'm watching this amazing behind the scenes at the moment uh, on the social network. It's on YouTube. It's the behind the scenes of making of the movie. I highly recommend watching it. Go to YouTube, social network behind the scenes. Brilliant. Uh, Absolutely brilliant. Um, So basically, you managed to fund your movie, and this is incredible, from writing novels, from your novel work, and that is wonderful. Um, So now you've got to the stage where you can uh, go right I can go make your feature film what was the next step for you because you'd not made a feature before like that not not really you nope. worked on a lot no of I never TV a lot of films but not as a sort of producer writer director the whole hat uh, yeah. and actor what did you do
2: well I had um, I knew that I needed to find a producer who was on my same wavelength that would not try to make me do something other than what I'd already planned to do. Um because you know they're like yeah sure let's do it that way except for we're going to really do it this way. And I I needed somebody who was also thinking indie who was fine with me casting who I wanted who wasn't going to who knew we could do it in the budget that we had and that was a we did it for 130,000. Right. At the end. So it's like if we didn't, we didn't have more. There was not going to be more. And I wasn't going to have investors. And how do I find this? But I didn't know how to do that. And I wasn't really ready to frankly, when I found him and the way I found him is I had, I was living in New York at this time. Um, and I, it was winter. It was January 31st, I believe, or maybe the 30th. Um, and I was walking my dog and she's a rescue dog. Um, and I just got her in December beforehand. Yeah, she's, but she's mostly hairless because of a lot of different reasons. I'm not going to – it's a sad mm-hmm. story. But she's great now. She's the one next to me. And um, anyway, I was walking her, and the reason why that's important is I'd locked myself out. Right. Um, My. I locked myself out of the building with this dog I only had for a month and a half. She's mostly hairless. I've got a coat on her, but it's snowing. and
0: Brilliant. Even better.
2: <laughs> yeah. And so I buzzed the neighbor. I buzzed the neighbor, and I knew him, um, and he had someone staying with him who happened to turn out to be my producer. And the wow. guy who was staying with him, is yeah. And I so I buzzed him, and I and he goes, hey, Felina, yeah, come on in. So I, I go up to the building. I have a key code uh, or a number code to get into the apartment, or had one, um, to get into the apartment. So it was really just getting into the building I needed. I could get into the apartment even if my keys weren't with me. But he opened the door because he knew I was an actress. He didn't know I had a movie. And he knew that his friend was a producer. And he thought his producer friend would want to have sex with an actress. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I'm not even kidding. He's like, oh, producers are supposed to be with actresses. And, and he, little did he know that I'm not at all my producer's type. Uh, or, and also he's not that <laughs> kind of producer. <laughs> so, but he didn't like, because I'll tell you, it, it, the, tr- the truth was, is it was an Airbnb thing. Right. And so okay. my producer wasn't even close with him. And, and, and so I meet him and Joe Barbagallo, he ends up being my producer. And yes. Joe and I shake hands and he's like, he gives me none of that vibe. And I had no idea until later that it was a setup, supposedly going to maybe be. But but Joe and I start chatting and I go, I go, hey, I said, so what kind of uh, advice? And he goes, I'll tell you what, you have to like who you work with because you're going to be working with them for years. Yeah. He goes, I, that's the number one thing I can tell you from my experience. And I yeah. said, great. And so I went back into my apartment and I ordered takeout from uh, Postmates, which do you have Postmates over in the UK?
0: Nope. no. Nope. Not heard okay,
2: that. it's uh it's like a people bring you food. <laughs> we do <Okay>. have that. <laughs> so, is, 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 it's just not it's called a, that, is it? it, it I'm not heard that. It's a delivery service. It's a delivery service over here. Okay. Um, and it did, was relatively new. Anyway, um, I order Postmates, and I get a call from that neighbor guy, and he says to me, I can't even remember his name right now, but that's okay, because like I said, he had kind of slimy intentions. So we're going to leave his name out of this. Yeah, us.
0: we'll leave him. So, yeah, but
2: he. He says, hey, Joe and I are going to go get some dinner. Um, want to come? And, and I said, absolutely. Can you give me 30 minutes? Because the food was going to be there in 30 minutes. <laughs> and I needed, to hide, I needed to hide the fact that I'd already ordered dinner. Amazing. So I ran down the stairs when the, when the delivery guy came. And I came and I hid my food in my fridge. And I went out and joined them to dinner. Because when I met Joe, I was looking at him and I go, I think this guy is my producer. Wow. And it was just this weird instinct feeling. And then three months later, we were in pre-production.
0: That is so, wonderful. I love serendipity like that when moments just happen and you meet producers yeah. or you meet a writer or whoever it is, a collaborator, and you just think, yeah, I'm gonna work with you. And they're probably thinking the same or hoping the same. I love it when that happens. It's such a great Well, feeling, that's why
2: he suggested it? going out to dinner. Yeah, he was like, yeah, like, we'll ask Felina if she wants to come. And then he said, so you have this script. I'd like to read this script. And I'm like, oh, I'm not ready yet. And he thought I said when I'm ready or when it's done or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I meant I wasn't ready. That, we've like, argued over that since then. And I'm like, no, no, no. I said, I'm not ready to do it yet because I knew I'd have to commit myself completely. And I was fully into the novels at the point. I have a series going uh, called The Cocker Brothers. Yeah. And my readers are always like, when's the next book? So I, I knew pausing it was going to be a problem. So uh, I go, but he's, we ended up getting along great. I gave him the script and he said, I'm, I need a few days. I'm a little bit, of, I take my time with things and I'm like, okay. He calls me the next day and he read it and I, we've already outed him for this. He called me, he had, was at a coffee shop and started crying ah. reading the script.
0: Oh, beautiful.
2: And he's like, He's Joe Barbagallo, right? He's Italian. He's a he's a New Yorker. He's like you know he, he doesn't cry in a freaking coffee shop, so he's like I probably shouldn't have probably shouldn't have read this in public. Like he said. <laughs> oh, it was the sweetest thing. Yeah. But from that point on, we he was in and 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 we just went
0: that's so good so uh, excellent so yeah. what did you do then what how did you like you said you just went what was the process because it must have been daunting
2: yes no that's that's uh that's what i can definitely what i can share to help other filmmakers what we did was we we knew we were going to go for a bare bones crew and we knew that because i had read ed burns's independent Egg. brilliant
0: book 100 percent. i love it yeah, right it's so good
2: so good yeah. And it's all, and so we passed it around to the crew. Everybody read it except for um, Micah, the sound girl. Um, she was fully on anyway. But we were just getting our idea around um, this can be done with three or four people. Yeah. And we needed to do that. What we needed to do, and I had seen some Q&As with David O. Russell, mm-hmm. you know, um, Silver Linings Playbook, The Fighter, course, et cetera. Yeah. And he, he lights the room so that there isn't a bunch of lighting equipment um there's just the existing lighting and it's him and the camera guy and they are working with the actors and they're doing the whole scene all the way through so that the actors get a chance to really live in the in the in the um in their roles not get stopped not then have to do the other side and etc etc um and then change all of the equipment to one side of the room and then the other side of the room so i thought that was fascinating and also extremely time saving and money saving Because if we can have available light work with the cameras that they have today where you can do, and I knew this from doing photography work, you can bump up the ISO on something and you have a really interestingly lit room. Mm -hmm. So we planned on having, we needed to get a cinematographer on board that would be willing to do all that, right? So that we wanted somebody who was really talented as uh, Colin Brazy, um, is our, our cinematographer and he was really talented and he was traveling the country with a TV show that he was, you know, doing all this stuff. And I was telling him, you have to go back to your film school roots where you didn't have all the luxury you have right <laughs> now. Can you do that? <laughs> you know, we're basically going like, can we go back to brass tax? Can we make this happen? And he read the independent ed, he was all for it.
1: That's great. Cause a lot of, uh, a lot of DOPs wouldn't necessarily do that. They'd be sort of like, you know, I, I need all my lights and uh, all the gear. So it's great to have a, someone mm-hmm. who can be flexible like that.
2: Well, that's the thing is we went on Production Hub, and um, we interviewed people, and I did experience people like that, Robbie. <laughs> um, there were people, and yeah. that's okay because you want to you want to know because you don't want to be arguing on set over this no, stuff, definitely right? Don't.
0: No.
1: Yeah.
2: you're going to be having your own problems on set, like something else is going to pop up you never expected so and I knew that from being on the other side of the camera, so I'm like, okay, so we were very clear we were like this is this is what we're doing um, I remember we had one girl who was going to come and she was going to be the a d and we talked to her for so long that we ended up hearing this wonderful story about um how she had <laughs> I'm, i I don't know question. I don't know if I should say it anyway she said some she said some pretty bad stuff about our previous uh director and producer and how she'd worked around it, and the way she'd done it the way she'd handled the situation said we did not want her on our set oh so it's really it's really important to have an interview where you really talk bare bones about what you're gonna do, and you ask them as well like well, so what are your situations like what were some of the trying times like how did you handle that um you know, because everybody's got the horror story. So what did you do? Like, how did you overcome it? And then you can hear how they overcame things and they will give you the answers of who they are. That is
1: great. So, and it's almost like you're yeah. interviewing for like someone like a roommate at your flat or, or even, I don't know, you're interviewing yeah. to be, like it, for people that you're going to be potentially stuck on a, in a submarine for yeah. days on end. It's like, it's like, imagine you had to, you know, you're interviewing for that sort of scenario. That's kind of, reality we've
0: we've got a dead body Uh, (laughs) it's in the house how would you go about getting rid of it and if they first of all go well the last time i did this (laughs) you kind of go we're probably not going to work you don't want people (laughs) who are going to be stressing out too much and constantly
1: on edge you want people who are gonna you know make everyone feel relaxed and um who are going to be quite easygoing. team
0: players Totally. You need, in the trenches, yeah. you need team players. And, and I'm so glad you did that. And that's such great advice uh, to do that. Um, thank you. Uh, really interesting. You're going to talk about William because you're your production manager. Um, because on a film like this, it's really important to have great sort of, People who are the either or first or production managers who are just running the tight ship where everyone else is on the top losing their heads, you know, if you like and gotta do this, gotta do that, quick, quick, lights go, gotta get this, that bulb's gone, quick run round. Um, mm-hmm. and you were about to talk about William, so please.
2: Yes, William William had worked with Joe before. Mm. He was the only one who had worked with Joe before. in the in the actual production and post. We used other people that um, that Joe had worked with. But William he had found William on a set that was such a disaster that that's how he knew William was that good because William kept his head and William was uh, doing a lot more than his normal job. And that's what you need on an indie film. You need somebody who's able to do all the jobs. Um, like me, I mean, I'm writer, director, editor, actor, and everybody was like that. It wasn't just me, you know, uh, Joe also plays Barry in the Mm -hmm. film. Um, and I, I cast him because I loved his reel. I wouldn't have cast him. I didn't cast him because he was a producer, by the way. In fact, I actually said, even if you don't come on as the producer, I would really like you to play Barry because I think you're kind of perfect for him. Right. And that was. And so that's, yeah. And then, and then he read the script and decided he wanted to, and he was in. Um, but I w- wouldn't have done it because of that. But with William, he introduced us and William... Was just on board, and William was the AD, the AC, <laughs> the uh, the uh, and so we called him the production manager. We asked him what we wanted to actually call him on the IMDb credit, but he just did everything. So he sent out the call sheets, he um, put the files into the computer at the end of the day so that we would have them in the storage and our um, yeah.
0: hard drives, and we had a DIT couple, we had a couple hard drives, yes. Yes.
2: Yeah, he did that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, no, I called. know we, we, we uh, got that. It's yeah.
0: <laughs> and yeah. So how did you? So so I suppose just before we dive straight into actually making the film.
2: Oh yeah, let's actually go to the pre. I'm yeah, sorry. No, it's so totally we fine. did the production hub. Yeah,
0: Production hub. Yeah. We
2: did the we did the production hub. we we interviewed the basic the the main core people that we needed, and while we did that, we were having submissions on breakdown services for actors to submit. And then I was watching their reels, and um, everybody was supposed to be a local hire um, because I couldn't afford to pay for hotels and stuff like that, even though we were doing most of it right. But we actually ended up doing most of the filming was in upstate, which I did have to do Airbnbs and pay for that. But to fly somebody in was another additional expense, and we just couldn't do that. So we did all all local hires except for Francis um, kind of – uh, fibbed. She plays Alice in the film, and she's actually in Virginia. But she could be a local hire if she wanted to be. So we had to do her thing over over um, Zoom. Okay. And uh, oh, and the locations. We went upstate. Joe had a connection with the cabin. Mm-hmm. Um, his lawyer's family had the cabin and they were down for it. They read the script. Um, they didn't, she likes thrillers more. Okay. She would have preferred it to be a thriller, but she was down <laughs> for it anyway. Um, she is like, and, but they were super supportive and super awesome. And then we just drove around New Pulse looking for the locations that were in the movie and um, made friends with everybody and talked to everybody. And everything just started really falling into place. And there was, problems like catering was an issue um to find something that was inexpensive enough um and also give us variety where mm. people aren't like tearing out their hair yeah,
0: the same um, every day yes
2: yeah, yeah you just can't um <laughs> and then finding the well. airbnbs you got to you gotta feed them you got to mm-hmm. feed them well um so we knew that was a major part of the budget yeah. And yeah, it was just, it was interesting. It was interesting. And we had the editor, we had an editor um, there. And uh, that's when we learned that he wasn't quite getting the film. So we had to, so that was our major trial on set. But yeah, so the, the, the pre was all that. It was just kind of finding the pieces and putting them together
0: so basically yeah which is incredible basically going around getting your crew getting it together and planning it and prepping it um i imagine that for you because you're the director writer and star that must have been you know you're like okay well we could i could shoot from here i could do this um that must have been really interesting Mm -hmm. for you as as that creative your mind must have just been flying all over the place with information i know mine would be
2: yeah and one thing I will say that could help filmmakers that we found was helpful is we put each scene. We had a big black board. Um, it was a, uh, you know, for uh, for pho- uh, photography, you had the white bounce and you've got the black. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, we got post-it notes and we put each scene on a post-it note. And we put all the green post-it notes were upstate because we thought like green uh, country. And the pink ones were New York. And we put each scene on each each post-it note and each actor, because when you're having people come upstate or to be on set, some of them overlapped. Like um, we had the parents were in a scene with uh, Jack, who is a a local in the area um, in the movie. And they had one scene together, but they're also not toward the end of the film. So we needed them up there at the same time, but not, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like overlapping, so that we didn't have to pay for them to, you know, come back up yeah. and, and like go back and forth. So in order to organize the whole thing, we had post-it notes of everything. And then we just moved the post-it notes around and organized our shot list from there. So the, po- the post-it notes allowed us to rip it off and move it over here and do our shot list where we were all, it was me, Joe, Colin, and William, just hashing it out and making our entire schedule for the shoot. Fantastic. Wow.
1: I love
0: it. Would you yeah. would you mind uh giving us uh the synopsis of the film, the pitch, and then Robbie will play the trailer and then we'll carry Not to live, we'll do it Hatchi in the edit.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like what? Right, yeah. um, and we'll just okay. sit and listen
0: to it for <laughs> a minute. Yeah,
2: <laughs>
0: no, we'll drop that in later with the magic of editing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, the pitch is um it's the ghost of a woman's husband comes back to help her move on. But how do you say goodbye to true love twice?
0: Brilliant. Boom. Wow. So cool. And that was a trailer. Uh, that will link to that is in the show notes. So you can see that as well. Um, brilliant. So, yeah, look, it's such a really interesting story. It's really sort of cool and different. Uh, and And but also you feel like you want to watch this kind of movie because it's it's got so much heart and pain, and it's about grief and loss. And, uh, but at the same time, it's still got a lot of heart and, and love, and you can't help feel for the characters. Going about shooting this, then, as the director uh, star, how did you plan the shots? Like you said, you've obviously done your board, you've done all that. But when you're on set now, we're talking about on set, how did that work?
2: Well, one of the bonuses about writing it is I'd already seen it in my mind as I wrote it. Mm. So I could see, I knew how I wanted things to happen. And because I'd watched the Q and A's with David O Russell, I knew what we were going to do and they were all on board with it. And the actors loved it where we did the whole scenes pretty much from start to finish where Colin would be on one, like when, uh, when, um, well, when the parents are there for dinner, for example, he's just on the mom for, most of it right and then he's like switching around or he's following people it was crazy in the editing process but it was really fun to do for all of us um to go the whole route so we staged it we did a couple rehearsals um where we were just finding where we we're gonna go like one of the things patrick zeller patrick Seller plays max in the film yeah. um well. abby's husband yeah. the, the lead he's freaking amazing so when you have the right Actors in the role, you're like, this is it, you know. Yes. <laughs> there, it, it was easy to film them.
0: Great. So it means on set, then you could just rehearse it like a, a not a play, but you'd rehearse it that way. Yeah. And then you'd be like, Colin, like I want it. This shot, this shot. Is that what you did? Did you then talk through your shots with mm-hmm. him? And then you went, right, get on with it. Yep. I need to stay in character. Or were you jumping behind to see playback as well? How did you do that?
2: I hardly ever looked behind. In fact, he wanted me to more in the beginning, but then he started getting it that I trusted him. So I would look at the first one and he goes do you, well, you want to take a look? He'd always do it like that. You want to take a look? Yeah. Like, you want to look at this, Felina? Or are you just leaving me out here to hang? It was like the, the vibe behind it. Yeah. But what he, what he started to understand was I trusted him. I wasn't leaving him out there to hang. I was like, no, I, I think you get this. And so, because I would look at it once. There's actually a picture I just posted on my Instagram, this like 10-shot thing where I'm like, support the arts, post you in your role. And one of them is William and Colin... Um, Looking at the camera, and I'm on the I'm sitting down and looking at it, and i I'm totally my face is all like twisted up because I'm like, "Oh my God, you did it." <laughs> and it's one it's our first day of filming. It's our first day of filming, and I'm just like, this is it. like we're we're so. I love this guy. Um, it was really great. He's a very, very talented cinematographer. Oh, and I also forgot, I haven't mentioned Stink Fisher. He's such a great actor. I want to mention that too. He plays Jack because yeah, yeah. I just gave kudos to the other guys. God, isn't he good? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, I think it was really nice that all your cast, we're all at the same wonderful level and really delivering and going there. And just, just it it really helped the film because you were all like, yeah, everyone's in this. This is a team game. You could tell from the off that this was something that was made with love, sweat, tears and and an absolute desire to make a really great indie film. And I think you've totally pulled it off. Um, I think it's real, really, really good film. Um, I'm, I'm very impressed that you've done this. I think it's great. Yeah, it's amazing. Was there anything else on set that, happened that you can remember that you went, ah, I should have done that differently or, or that was amazing. I'm so glad we did that for filmmakers out there that you, you learned as a writer, actor, director.
2: That's a good question. Well, here's one thing that I'm sure a lot of filmmakers will face. We had all of a sudden the landscaper who was supposed to be there mowing the lawn decided to show up at a, when we were filming. <laughs> of course he did. <clears throat> and, he, and he knew that because he wanted oh. to be paid off. And okay. so we paid, we had to pay him off, oh, but right. I can't even tell you how mad I was because I hate manipulation mm-hmm. and lies. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, you little bastard, yeah. you did this. And he did, And he was such a prick about it. Mm-hmm. He was just like, yeah well guess you can't film then like he was literally saying that to me and i'm like oh i have saved three years for this do not get in my way you know (laughs) oh god God.
0: (laughs) um it sounds amazing it sounds like you just you just got on with it there's so many things can go wrong on a set and so many things can happen to trip you up whether it's you know a door breaks and you need it for the reverse or whatever and you've got to screw it back on there's no screwdriver there's no this you know there's so many things that happen that's just a tiny thing it's incredible Incredible. So you need to be on top of everything and have everything prepared as much as you can, and just know that everything's
1: going to go wrong, and be fully, fully prepared to accept, you know, throw all that out of the window yeah, when you, you get there, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, and the gardener turns up or the landscaper.
2: I almost forgot until you just said that because frankly, I probably blocked it out. I almost broke my foot in the first week of shooting wow. a stereo oh from the seventies that couldn't have been any heavier. Like all the guys lifted it, and they're like, "This is like a barbell," because they couldn't understand why it had that impact on my foot its corner went down on my right foot and my foot swelled up like a, like a basketball. And so I was shoeless in most of the things from that point on and limping. And, and like, you could see it in the bridge scene at the end, my little puffy foot as I'm walking by. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm—I literally—I told Colin, I go, I think I broke my foot. You broke your foot. I go, I think I might have broke my foot. It was the first week in, so for the next three weeks, I was a lame director actress <laughs> walking around. And they're like, you need to go to a hospital. I'm like, what are they going to do? Yeah, they're, they're like, they're going to put a—they're going to put a thing on it, and then I can't wear any I'm, of the wardrobe I'm, I'm we have. And they'll tell you
0: to rest <laughs> and not do anything. So you like sod it. Yeah. Filmmaking.
2: <laughs> sod so it. So no. <laughs> every day i had ice pack and i actually I brought him to set too but i'd have it up uh, and i just sleep with my foot on pillows
1: oh <laughs> my gosh. Oh no you were the walking uh, wounded yes
2: yes yeah, so things happen on set <laughs> yeah, you have do. to know what's going to happen they do and things and
0: you...
1: <laughs> moral of the story things
0: happen. Um, let's talk about post real quick because the film uh, yes, has released in america right and we're, we're hearing about mm-hmm. news of everywhere else soon and this is a huge achievement how did you you go about it then because you learned to edit and we we'll, obviously we can go into massive detail about that but you watch youtube videos and learn to edit because your mm-hmm. other editor you'd, you'd moved on from that was must have been daunting right. but from that of, and that's an incredible feat by the way but i'm not brushing over it it's just it's so cool that you learned to do that and then going into post and how that was for you because suddenly now you've just got a load of files and you on your own has to sit there and put it together yeah i suppose you and joe yeah talk us through that
2: no, I put it together. Joe didn't know anything about editing, but he was my support. <laughs> no, seriously. And he he would tell you that. He brought the but, coffee. <laughs> he, yeah. Well, and he brought the support. There was one moment when I was, because it was days and days and days of um, all day, all day. And <laughs> I mean, I told Patrick, um, he's like, God, good job with the editing. I'm like, yeah, I lost two, two months of my life, but thanks. Mm. And he's like, yeah, that's what it felt like. And I did not do anything except for edit that film. I mean, I'm, I'm proud of it. Like, it's a am happy with what it was, but I lost my mind. Like, I, I called uh, Joe and I just started crying. I'm like, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. What am I doing? This is, why am I doing any of this? This film's never going to be seen by anybody. <laughs> and, and he goes, and he goes, he very calmly, which is what he's really good at. He goes, Felina. I expected this call two weeks ago. Wow. (laughs) You're doing fine. You're doing great. Keep going.
0: You've done two weeks more than I thought you
2: would. (laughs) That's fantastic. Okay. 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 You know, and then I went and I did it. And uh, anyway, how we got it to go after that was when I finally got it done, we sent it off to Sundance. Uh, We were waiting for, then I just kept editing it. And Joe brought in an amazing um, composing team. I don't know if you noticed the music oh, in the film, but they are... I was going to say the score stunning, yeah. is amazing. Renee and yeah. David, right? They're Your so composers. good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Renee and David. And they're in Germany. Uh, David's actually in Los Angeles now, yeah. but they were in Germany, and so everything we did was through um, Google Hangouts. Yeah. So we... Uh, I, and And it was interesting because I'd never worked with composers before, and I didn't know how to tell them what I needed because music isn't my strong suit. So... I would say the emotions of it and they perceived it and made it that. And, and initially what they first came out with wasn't it at all. And so I would listen to it. I go, "Mm, I'm thinking more this. And the next time they brought it to me, it was what I wanted. So you have to get somebody who can visually see sound. You know what I mean? Because I could only explain it visually and through emotions. And I was like, no, this is not, this is a moment where, Abby's on the edge, okay? And I need I need sad but not where uh it's like hitting you so hard where you're like please don't, you know, just stop. You need it to be beautiful, but I needed her to be where it's just a kind of feeling where you're just I know, I just that's how I would do it basically. And they would go, "Okay." And they come back with this amazing stuff. I highly recommend them if you can ever work with them just just do it they're they're so they're so good they're blowing up a little bit so get in it but
0: I'm touching on that having a great sound mix can change your film drastically Mm -hmm. from being uh, from when you were editing it and nothing to do with your sound mix but suddenly when someone puts proper sound mix on you go Oh, that changes everything! Just dropping layers. And you can of tell an amateur film yeah. from it. You really can. Sound yeah. is so important, mm. and yeah, I, I was really impressed by how good the sound was. Yeah, it's yeah. in my notes. It sounded really crisp. Well done there. So, how did you get it released then? How did from there? What did you do to get it out there into the world? How how did you actually get eyeballs on it and it be an actual thing?
2: I I love this story because I think it's going to help a lot of people. Um, you gotta follow your instincts because we, we got into only two festivals and the first one we were told not to do. It was the Hollywood, um, real film festival in Los Angeles and it's a smaller festival, but I didn't have any connections with any of the festivals and first time person. And I, I didn't even know which ones to submit to. So I only submitted to about 25 and we got into only two and sh- I, I, Talked to a publicist friend and I wanted her to promote it. And she actually instead told me not to do it. And I called Joe and I'm like, okay, so she tells me I'm not supposed to, we're not supposed to do this, but I feel like we should. And he goes, you know what I think? I think we go, we have fun. We're on the big screen. Mm -hmm. We have our friends come if they're in town and, and we just have a good time with it. And I go, I love that. And he goes, let's do it. I go, let's do it. That's, it was from that festival that we got our sales agent.
0: Amazing. If we
2: hadn't gone, if we had said... And she goes, I don't think that should be your premiere because it's all about the premiere, right?
0: Yeah.
2: And I go, uh... Uh, you know (laughs) so we went and we got our sales agent blood sweat honey alex is our our sales rep and i love him
0: that's great and it's a great title as well it's a great name blood sweat and honey it's kind of like what we make movies on if you know if everyone had honey on set (laughs) it's like blood sweat and a bit of sugar
2: you don't know what's going to come around the corner and you don't know if that's the one you're supposed to be at that's why i always like to take invitations when they feel good Mm. to a party or whatever you never know who that could be where you meet the love of your life or your new best friend or you know anything like you just kind of go maybe the door is open because I'm supposed to walk through exactly.
0: it exactly and it goes back right to the start of what you were talking about when you when you banged on the door because you'd forgotten your key and there was Joe uh, Barbara Gallo yeah. and suddenly it's like should we go for a, something to, to eat and you, you went yes even though you'd ordered food do you know what I mean it's instinct <laughs> and as filmmakers <laughs> we have to do yeah. that follow our instinct otherwise we'll sit and on sitting in our room all the time complaining we're not making films get out to events constantly get to events obviously we can't right now but when this is over, get back to events and get talking. Right. So Blood, Sweat, Honey picked it up. They're releasing it. Do you want to give us the where people can find it now?
2: So the movie is on Amazon and it's on Amazon US. They're still talking with getting some deals over in the UK and, and all abroad and everything. And if they had it on Amazon already, it would, I guess, not make the deal as strong. People want to be the one to release it, I guess. Mm. So other um, foreign distribution companies. I want it there now because I have readers in the UK who are wondering why they can't get it. But it's also on YouTube for rent now, Um, and I think with Red Boxes. And one of oh, this was so cool. One of the girls in the movie, um, Jackie, she plays Jennifer, um, Abby's best friend, who's in the early part of the film. She Mm. just sent me a screenshot. She and her boyfriend are at a hotel, and just one more kiss is in the Hollywood Films listings. (sighs) It was, no way, a- no yes, way. she goes, oh, oh, look what movie's here. And I go, what is this? What is this that you're looking at? And it was one of, um, there were 67 movies and my movie was there next to Bombshell and Parasite. And I was like, what? Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. <Wow. laughs> Independent so, film so it, yeah, <laughs> so it rules.
2: It's amazing. So it's available in hotels somewhere. Maybe it's on airplanes and I don't know about it. I don't know. I, I, I'm i going to, I it's. The first quarter is when it launched we were like the dare i think wasn't the dare didn't that go on in beginning of march it It went live is that us us too ours was march um so because of that weird quarterly thing the monies weren't there yet so we haven't got the statements we're going to get it for the next quarter we're going to find out where the sales have gone and i've never seen anything like this so i don't know what to expect Um, but they're going to send us this whole chart i'm guessing. And it's weird because normally I'm a I'm a self pub, so mm-hmm. I get to see all my sales on Amazon. I know if a book is doing well or if it isn't. I know if ads are working or if they're not. Yeah. And like I did Facebook ads. Um, oh, I wanted to say that for listeners too. I did Facebook ads to get the word out for our movie when it went on Amazon. So um, I strongly recommend Facebook because everybody's on Facebook, and Facebook ads you can narrow it down to uh, age range, gender, interests. Mm-hmm. So I I targeted romance lovers, romance movies, uh, dramas, and comedy because usually they like both, mm-hmm. and um, and it it targets a certain amount of people based on that. And so I did I I went for women because it's even though men love the film, um, it's more women who probably would sign on to it, and they'll probably bring their guys with yes. them. So I and you 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 know you're spending your hard earned money, so you're going to try and target it as specifically as you possibly can. So for me, I went for romance, women, uh, and I did, I think, 33 and up. Yes. Because I was doing more women who were already, who might understand what it's like to possibly lose a husband. Because one of the things about this film is also the having a life after, mm. about moving on. It's about healing. It's, it's about grief, but it's also about how do you, how can you keep going, after something like that. And that's really what I wanted to help. So I kind of wanted to get people who might've gone, you know, through that. So I was, a lot of times I went 44 and up. Um, and I just kind of targeted who might be interested in it. And it, I put $1,600 in it in, um, March and wow. April and I got 16,000 clicks.
0: That is
2: 16,000. Yeah. It was, it, it averaged out to 10 cents per click. Which is really good. So it's like eight to nine cents or eleven to twelve cents, and it averaged out to ten cents per click, mm-hmm. and everybody going to the Amazon website now, whether they get it or not, because it, they priced it a little high. I think I wish they would have done more three ninety nine. They did five ninety nine, but they it's 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 uh, distributed also through Lionsgate, and they know what they're doing. Exactly. So I
0: they're
2: doing. Yeah. Um, I I gave my suggestion, but that's all I could do, um, and. Anyway, sixteen thousand clicks. That's
0: incredible, and, what, and that's, that's pff, great that's advice. Awesome. And I always yeah. say you should put this into your budget from the very beginning: is have a marketing budget so you can do that as well. If it's your movie and you care about it, even though a distributor might be doing it or a sales agent, it's just about you also doing it because it's your film and it's your name and you want to get it out there. And the more sales it does, the more likely uh, you're going to move forward next time. So yeah and um, so final mm-hmm. bit of advice then uh from looking back now if you before you'd made a movie like this uh what would that be
2: i would say and i know a lot of people have said this before but it's just true i think you just need to do it and you touched on a little bit as well um if you just follow the instincts and just do it and don't stop yourself that is the the number one thing you can possibly do so and that applies to every stage through it so every time you're going to hit a, a Every time I've found that a wall is put in front of me, I'm either supposed to go through another door or I'm supposed to break down that wall. So you've got to find, you have to love the project so much that you're willing to uh, go to war for it really. And the war is so much more fun than an office job. Mm-hmm. So what really is the complaint?
0: <laughs>
2: so like go and make the creative thing and also what i told robbie about like you gotta write if you feel like you're supposed to so if you if there is a movie that's called if you're trying to just do it because you want the notoriety or you want the pictures or you want to get laid (laughs) i would not suggest you do it you have to do it because you love you love this story so much that you're willing to put years of your life into it and if, if you know i know that i want this story to live on um and that's why I put all this into it. I mean, every step of the way I kept saying, uh, it, but it's the story. I mean, I almost, it, it, there's so many times when you're just like, ah, and then you, you go back to, do I want to make this? Yes, I do. And so you keep going. So it has to be something you want to make so bad that you don't care yeah. what they try, what, what's tries to stop you. And I also think that those things are kind of pulled up to go, really? You want it? You want it? Mm-hmm. You want it? Come and get it. Because a lot of people will fail because they didn't keep going.
0: So
1: true.
2: The only time you, you, you fail is if you stop.
1: That's really good advice. And uh, yeah, I just want to say congrats for for making it through that and hearing some of the behind the scenes stories about it. It's uh, it's been, you know, it's made it even more inspiring, I think.
2: Thanks guys, and congratulations to you too. This is an amazing podcast. Wow. You have a lot of people listening to you and you're helping a lot of people and you guys must be getting so much help too. We're listening to all these fascinating people. You get to interview them and spend time. Yep. I, I love that. It's such a great idea to do. Yeah,
1: that's that's why we do it really. <laughs> it's to take advantage of totally, soaking yeah. all of this kind of knowledge that comes our way. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's better. You couldn't read enough books to learn what we've learned in the podcast. So it, it helps us as well. Oh. So it works both ways. Um, so where can people find you on the socials?
2: I'm on Facebook. You can find me just with my name, uh, Felina Hopkins. I have the personal account. I also have author Felina Hopkins as the fan page. But if you're a guy, you probably don't want to follow that. You're going to see some some things. So, um, and, and, uh, But uh, please friend me on, on Facebook. I have a public page. It's out there. Also, my Instagram is Felina Hopkins Official um and that's just because the felina hopkins thing had been taken so i just put the official on there it sounds so stupid but that's what it is and um what else uh imdb is my regular name and everything too so yeah love
0: i love it and there's yeah. a website for the movie yeah. is there a website for the movie
2: um it's at morning dove pictures morningdovepictures.com, uh with an m-o-r-n not like morning like morning like yeah. cry cry morning because <laughs> um, yeah. i think they're actually supposed to be spelled with the u but i got rid of it and made it more sunny so <laughs> oh, love yeah,
0: yeah that's so just good. one more kiss you can get it go watch it if you're in the u.s and we'll, we'll let you know details where it will be around the world as well uh you remember you can go make your indie film you can make it happen look up to the stars not down at your feet and if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well it's your duty to send the elevator back down Felina hopkins thank you so much for your time
2: Thank you, Giles. Thank you, Robbie. Thank you guys so much.
0: Absolute pleasure. Thank you. We will see you all next Tuesday. Go out there, make your film. Even if you can't go out, do that from your home. But move forward, make your film, make it happen. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Take care. See you next Tuesday. Bye-bye.